We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman. And we're here talking spring football for Indiana football. Uh, the Hoosiers start their spring practice session on March 9th. They, they go all the way to April 10th. Uh, it is unclear the details of the spring game uh, and things like that, but they will get their 15 practices in uh, between March 9th and April 10th. It seems like a very condensed uh, spring practice session. There is no spring break, I believe, at IU this year, so they condense it all into one. So we'll break down the offense, we'll break down defense and special teams, uh, players that we're keeping an eye on, keys to you know spring spring practice, what Indiana needs to work on, uh, so on and so forth, so they could have a successful uh, 2021 season. Uh, but first, let's have a word from our friends over at eBay Sneakers. Uh, from Rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for your sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated the selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your connection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Uh, In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers each purchase uh, you make before March 31st uh, through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for one of the one pair of Air Force One low tops. Uh, just send a screenshot of your purchase to at armchair media on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, so if you are a sneakerhead, that is a great place to go. And another um, another word from our friends over at Bet Online. Uh, March Madness is around the corner. Uh, bet online is the fastest and easy way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered. For all the news, scores, and odds, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first device, your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
now that that's out of the way, TJ, it's time to talk some football. Uh, Indiana spring practice is starting in about a week. Uh, what are you most looking forward to? Is it okay to say we get to focus on football and not basketball? Yeah, we'll stay away from the Archie Miller talk, but yeah, you could say that. All right. So in all seriousness, though, I, I think um, you have to acknowledge that, you know, positive feeling and momentum around the program is at a higher level than it, it probably has been in uh, quite some time coming off a very successful season. Uh, you get to look towards, you know, the future uh, next season while also having some positive results to to look back on as validation for the the way this program's going. Um, you know, I think probably if, if I were to focus on one thing only, uh, it would be the ability to, to continue to see the progression um, guys like a Jack Tuttle and a Dexter Williams, players that uh, you kind of hope don't need to see the field much uh, in the coming season because that would mean Michael Penix is healthy for a full season, and that would be a great thing for Penix and for Indiana football. But, uh, you know, the, the progress of Jack Tuttle and Dexter Williams is crucial uh, not just for the present program, but for the future. And they're going to get a ton of reps in the uh, spring practice sessions. So uh, if I had to focus on just, you know, a couple of guys, they would be the two that I'd look at. But, you know, there's so much to, to focus on with some staff additions. Uh, Charlton Warren, getting able to see him uh, talk more to the media, interact some. And then I think the return of Devin McCullough as well. Uh, running backs coach and associate head coach, uh, him being able to interact with the players and, and be able to see that some and maybe start to get a idea of what those two guys' vision um, for their particular position groups or for their sides of the ball, uh, get an idea for what they're thinking. Uh, I don't think anything's going to be decided necessarily uh, in the spring, but you can start to get a look and a feel at maybe some of the position battles that we'll talk about here in a minute and how they're going to go. Yeah, for me, I'm, you know, it, it's concentrating on the offensive line. That's a, a unit that struggled uh, last year at times to open up holes in the run game uh, to protect the quarterback. And while they didn't give up that many sacks, uh, mm -hmm. it's because due to Michael Penix's quick release. If you watch the Ohio State uh, game over again, uh, it was just a ridiculous performance from Penix, who had people in his face, and he's just chucking it downfield to Ty Freifogel um, for the tune of, you know, close to 500 yards. Uh, so the offensive line, and that's that's going to be the key for 2021, and, and we'll talk about it a lot. So, you know, how do you replace Harry Kreider? Um, how does Zach um, – how does some of these new guys come in? Uh, does Khalil Benson, who's coming off a knee injury, uh, participate fully in spring practice? And can he become a depth piece as well? Uh, and also, uh, the, the other thing I'm looking at is is a full, almost back to normal spring practice with, you know, strength and conditioning, which IU lost last year. And it really affected the program uh, and, and the development of these players. So uh, let's start on the offensive ball uh, uh, of the side of the ball, TJ. Um, and let's start right there with the offensive line. Uh, what, what are you looking for in this unit that will make you feel comfortable coming out of spring saying, hey, Indiana's in good shape? Well, 
you you mentioned uh, that unit immediately. What comes to mind is you return quite a bit, which is great. You know, mainly six guys that uh, played significant snaps last season uh, are back: uh, McKenzie Nora, Mike Kadich, um, Aiden Rafferty. Uh, in seven games the past season, Luke Haggard got some, uh, I think, more playing time than was initially expected uh, as a, a JUCO transfer from California. Um, you, Dylan Powell back, the transfer from Stanford, Matt Bedford, Caleb Jones. Uh, I might have left somebody off in there. I'm not sure. But uh, you bring back some significant pieces, which is great. You've got a couple of holes to plug, uh, mainly Harry Kreider. That's the the main one um, at center, and you've got some interesting new pieces. Uh, Zach Carpenter, a transfer from Michigan, uh, is expected to um, to eventually, I think probably the plan is to eventually have him um, be the replacement center. Uh, he has started games for Michigan, so, you know, that's generally speaking a positive. We don't know exactly what we have in him, but the physical profile looks good. Uh, he's six five or so, and uh, somewhere north of 320 pounds. So he's got the size you want. Um, I think that a couple of guys that I'm really looking to see can they step up uh, and, and turn into the types of not necessarily cornerstones, but just reliable bedrock offensive line starters that IU can rely on. Uh, Mike Tadich being one of those. And for me, I think Luke Haggard uh, needs to be the other one. Uh, really like some of the things Luke Haggard did last season. He was not quite big enough, though. Uh, he is tall enough, certainly, at 6'7". He looks the part, but he's not – I think last season he played at like 270, uh, maybe 275. We've got to see an increase in size and strength for Luke Haggard. Uh, and I think that him – if he can develop into a reliable starter, then I think it gives you a lot of wiggle room with what you can do with somebody like a Matthew Bedford. Ideally, I think you'd have Jones and Haggard with Bedford moving inside to guard. And I, I think that that could solve a lot of your problems if you can get that to be where you feel good about Jones being more consistent um, being in shape, and then Haggard is the other tackle. I think you could have Bedford inside, uh, and then if Zach Carpenter can step up, you've got a lot of your problems from last year you're feeling better about coming out of spring. So it's going to be interesting to see what the combinations are that they play with on the offensive line. Um, it doesn't make sense to just say, okay, here's our five guys. Here we go. We're not going to try anything else. This unit has questions and they need to find answers. It's not a unit that you come back feeling great about. So they've got to try some different things and see which one uh, they feel best about heading into fall. Yeah, for me, it's, you know, getting healthy, building depth. Um, it's going it, to, without being at practice, and it sounds like the media won't be allowed uh, based on the emails I've gotten, it, it's tough to judge just how much development and physicality uh, and gameplay is going on. And it's tough to judge that in, in spring practice as well, because 
you yeah. really don't want to be getting people injured uh, and going at a thousand percent in spring ball. Uh, look, Indiana season, it seems like forever ago. It ended about two months ago. Um, you know, just over maybe nine weeks ago, it ended uh, by the time they take the field in spring practice, but you want to see development, you, you know, you want to see, you would like to get 10 capable offensive linemen playing and whether that or not that's shuffling around to get the five best guys on the field, uh, that's on coach Hiller. Um, I think if Khalil Benson's a full go, I think he could start pushing some guys as well. Um, since he missed all of last year, Zach Carpenter as well as, as you mentioned, and then you need some of these, you need some of these young guys who have been in the program for a couple of years who haven't really played all that much to step up their game. And I think that's where the frustration with IU fans have, has come in. They've recruited the offensive line in numbers very high, but some of these guys haven't made the impact that they were expected or Indiana needed them to make. And so you see an uh, influx of transfers and some uh, Juco guys and things like that. But to me, um, just get out of spring practice healthy, um, work on the fundamentals of it, increase your strength in the weight room. Uh, and we'll see what that, that looks like. We'll see how much of spring practice we actually get to see. Uh, we'll see if the, there is an actual spring game. Would it be televised? Will they let people in the stadium uh, and things like that? Let's move on to uh, the next position group. Uh, it's another position group that is facing a little bit of attrition, uh, and that's the, the running back group. Uh, they bring in Dylan McCullough to replace Mike Hart as the running back's coach. I think he's going to help that scheme. Darren Hiller is the run game coordinator, uh, but I think having a mind like Dylan McCullough, who's won games before at IU, who's had successful rushing attacks at IU before, uh, can come in and um, and scheme up. Maybe, uh, you know, ultimately players have to execute. Uh, but, you know, maybe tweak some things in the scheme to make it a little bit more um, – successful. Indiana also loses Stevie Scott. He's foregone his extra year, his senior year, and is heading towards the NFL. It, it wasn't a shock. Um, you know, we both thought, you know, pre-COVID that 2020 would be his last year based on how many carries he's gotten and things like that. But now you have Samson James, who really hasn't had all that much playing time, which was one of the knocks I had on Mike Hart was that his rotation was so tight around Stevie Scott that none of these other guys uh, really got a chance to get into rhythm or develop all that much. And uh, you come in with Samson James and Tim Baldwin and maybe David Ellis at running back as well uh, before bringing in uh, some freshman guys in, in fall camp. I think this running back room could be, um, can be really good, but they have a lot of stuff to work on. And all these reps are going to be important towards that. What's your take on the running back room, TJ? Well, for, I think, the outsider, you would initially look at it as, okay, well, you know, Samson James will definitely be the starter. Uh, I, I don't think that that was a sure thing before, Devin McCullough left, and I, I don't think it's a sh or joined. 
um, and I, I sure don't think it's a sure thing now. It's very possible, uh, and I would consider uh, I would consider Samson James the odds-on favorite uh, to win that starting job. But I do think you're going to see much more of a rotation in 2021, uh, and I, I do think you are going to see Tim Baldwin really push for significant playing. I was impressed with the, what we saw from him in limited action. Uh, he showed a really good burst and shiftiness that um, you're right. Samson has not had a whole lot of playing time, so we can't say anything definitively. Um, but, you know, in time that we did, uh, he looked fine, but Tim Baldwin really flashed. Uh, and it, it would not be a shock at all for me to see Tim Baldwin push for a significant chunk of playing time. And then, look, running back is a position that you can come in and have an impact as a freshman. So, uh, you know, we could see a couple of the freshmen or one of the freshmen get in the mix as well. Uh, and then David Ellis is a guy that, you know, we could talk about him at this position. We could talk about him um, in the return game. We could talk about him in the receiving game. Uh, the only thing we know for sure is David Ellis needs to have the ball in his hands more. And I, I really hope that Devin McCullough and Nick Sheridan and Tim Hiller and everybody else in the, uh, in the room that's deciding kind of how the scheme's going to look as 2021 approaches is able to figure out some ways to get David Ellis more involved. And I hope that the spring is used to figure some of those things out because you need more dynamic playmakers that can pick up chunk plays. And I think David Ellis is one of those guys. Uh, but I think it's going to be a really interesting spring just to see the first uh, kind of impressions that these running backs can make on a new position coach uh, that really knows what it looks like. He sees a good running back. I mean, he, he is clearly a good talent evaluator and he is clearly somebody that can develop guys. Uh, I know that, we are very excited to have him back in Bloomington, but for the running backs, it's going to be kind of starting over. And this group has a lot to prove. Yeah. And don't forget there, there's several other running backs who are now going to get a shot since, you know, the depth sure. this spring isn't really there. And, you know, it's, it's should happen. Um, you have Charlie Spiegel who, TJ, you, you've been all over. Uh, he was Indiana Mr. Football, um, you know, and, and at 5'10", 218 is, is a bowling ball. He hasn't played. Um, he did not see any game action. He was scout team player of the week against Penn State, and he's a walk-on. But now's the time to find out maybe what you have in, in Spiegel um, and Davion Irvin Pointexter, Chris Childers, Irod Lloyd, you know, all these guys who might not get all that much playing time during the year, your only scholarship backs are Tim Baldwin and, and Samson James. So there's going to yeah. be guys behind them that are going to get some reps, especially, um, you know, <clears throat> if, if you want to keep guys fresh uh, and things like that. But the running back room is, you know, they, they might be age-wise veterans, but playing time-wise, uh, a lot of them are are very young. Uh, so let's move on uh, to the quarterback position. This seems pretty simple. Michael Penix doesn't look like he'll participate 
in much uh, spring practice. You know, he said he was throwing. He's not worried about throwing the ball. He's been doing that forever and, and has a good arm. Uh, as of his last update, he hadn't been been running. Uh, so, but he's on schedule or a little bit ahead of schedule. So it's gonna the focus comes on uh, Jack Tuttle and Dexter Williams, and I think, uh, and then you have Donovan McCauley coming in on in the fall. So I think you're you're gonna try and get Jack Tuttle as many reps as possible, um, especially with Michael Penix's injury history. And I don't, you know, people are going to call him soft or what. He's not soft. He's just, those freak injuries have, have bitten him. And that's what they are. There are two ACLs and a, and a shoulder, um, a sternoclavicular deal. It's not like he's pulling up lame with a hamstring every other game uh, and, and doesn't work hard and things like that. So I think you, you try and roll with Jack Tuttle. Uh, and I mean, if I were coach, I, I would prepare the spring like Jack Tuttle was going to be my starter against Iowa, just in case Michael Penix is not ready and get Dexter Williams um, ready to go to be the backup. Because as we've seen, um, you're one play away uh, for, from going in there, uh, whether that's Penix going down or even in the bowl game, Jack Tuttle played with separated shoulder um, and you one could have thought that Dexter Williams was going to play the second half um, mm -hmm. and maybe he wasn't ready to, but now's the time to kind of throw him in the fire as that backup and get him ready uh, and get him reps. Um, you know, and then you have Zach Merrill, Grant Grimmel and Will Johns who have been with the program uh, for a, a, you know, a couple years now, they can run the offense sort of, but you know, the majority of the reps got to go to Tuttle and Williams and you let those guys um, take some snaps with, you know, the third and fourth string running backs just to get them reps. Uh, but, you know, the majority of it has to go to Tuttle and Dexter Williams. What are your thoughts on quarterback TJ? I certainly agree with you. I, I think you have to plan, um, you know, you want to do everything you can to get Michael Penix feeling confident and healthy and cleared to play against Iowa. However, you have to prepare as if that won't happen. You have to prepare as if Jack Tuttle is going to be the guy when you go to Iowa City. And that means getting him ready, getting the team ready for that possibility. And then, like you said, Dexter Williams has to be ready to play as well. Uh, because I, I think that there were certainly – Two times last season, one against Wisconsin, um, when it uh, you know Tuttle looked a bit rattled, uh, potentially uh, with a, a head injury, um, and then the bowl game against Ole Miss stands out. Where I think if if Dexter Williams would have been somebody the coaches felt confident would not you know maybe damage his confidence or. If, if they just felt he was not ready, which is what Tom Allen said after that game, uh, you know, Jack Tuttle had a seriously injured shoulder against Ole Miss. It was obvious. Yeah. It was very obvious in that game. And it severely limited what he could do and what the offense could do. If they felt confident in Dexter Williams, I think Dexter Williams goes into that game. That's not to say that the staff does not believe in Dexter Williams. 
Uh, and if they are not impressed with what he can do in the future, well, the future needs to be now because they have to get him prepared as if one, Michael Penix is not available at Iowa, and two, Jack Tuttle takes a bad hit and you're in the same spot where you can't do anything on offense because you don't have a quarterback you feel okay in. Uh, so they've got to get Dexter Williams ready to be able to run the offense in the season opener if it's needed because it just might be. Yeah, that's exactly um, my thinking as well. Uh, let's move on to the pass catchers. Tight end, uh, you have Peyton Hendershot coming back, of course, uh, and some other uh, guys there, uh, Matt Bjorson. And, the, you know, Peyton Hendershot had his issues last year. It started in the offseason uh, with an arrest and a um, suspension from the team and things like that. And then during the season, he just didn't play his best. It seemed like he needed to have a bad drop in every game before he got his head on straight uh, and could play. Uh, so, you know, he needs – and he was a guy that prior to the season you, you thought maybe would um, make that leap to the next level uh, and things like that. But he, the, the drops were so, so bad. They had a chance to put away Penn State. He dropped that ball. Um, there was a deep pass against Michigan – uh, that probably goes down into the red zone, if not a touchdown. There are several drops against Rutgers, and it goes on and on and on. You know, he played better down the stretch, but uh, he's a guy who is a record setter in 2019, um, and he had high hopes for in 2020. And again, now in 2021, he's put all this stuff behind him and can focus on football, and, and that's the hope. You have Cameron Taylor, who's back. He he was a grad transfer from South Alabama. He did not uh, get to play last year for a variety of reasons. I thought that his loss, um, his absence really affected the run game. He's 6'4", 265, is a great blocking tight end um, and things like that. Uh, you also have TJ Ivey uh, is your other tight end. Um, Gary Cooper was listed at tight end has moved to wide receiver. Um, I think there's some other guys who have moved around as well uh, along that offensive line who's moved to, or defensive line who's moved to, uh, to tight end as well. So, you know, the depth there, they've got to build depth. I think you have to rebuild. Um, you have to rebuild Peyton Hendershot's confidence. And that's, uh, that's the biggest thing is, can you get his confidence back up where he becomes an all big 10 tight end and not somebody who, you know, you moan and groan when the ball gets thrown to him, like, oh, he's going to drop it again. Uh, Cause he's a terrific weapon. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you see uh, things go a little differently. Uh, you also have, AJ Barner, uh, 6'6", 230. You hope he put on on um, some weight, and, and Matt Bjorson as well has played a lot of a lot of football, and he's back. So, what's your take on the tight end position? Well, it's a good veteran group, uh, particularly. You know, you're right. If you get that headliner back, that difference maker in Peyton Hendershot, it becomes a strength. Um, you know, I think that the the guy you mentioned, the freshman that's moved around, is Caleb Murphy, yep. uh, who had was brought in to be what we thought was, you know, a defensive lineman. He's now a 6'4", 260-pound freshman tight end. 
that, you know, on the face of it would seem to indicate that the role that Cameron Taylor is going to play in his last season here in 21 is going to be a role that Caleb Murphy uh, backs up and takes over. So it's going to be interesting to see how the coaches kind of line those guys up. Um, and then, uh, you know, if you can get Hendershot back to being your headliner, the rest of this group looks great as, you know, different skill sets, different sizes, and different pieces you could use in the offense for different purposes. Some as blockers, some as receivers, some you slide out, uh, you know, play them in the slot in certain situations, and some you play, you know, in line as blocking tight ends. Um, you know, kind of just additional offensive linemen on running plays. Um, for me, it's Hendershot, Bjorson, A.J. Barner are your main kind of all-purpose tight ends or receiving tight ends, and then Cameron Taylor, uh, and then T.J. Ivey probably right behind him with um, Caleb Murphy being groomed for the future as more of your blockers that you occasionally throw a pass to. Um, another guy to potentially look out for is Sam Dogstrip, who uh, had some serious injury problems in high school that prevented him from being the type of, you know, major recruit that he was going to be. If he can get healthy, that's a major find and advantage for this staff and for this program and another weapon that they can use at tight end. So lots of guys with different skill sets. Uh, it's a position that the offense needs to do a good job utilizing. Uh, and if, if Peyton Hendershot can be back to the 2019 version, you feel great about this group. Yeah, and I don't see Dogstrip on the, the roster, so he might have moved on. Uh, but he was a guy who was a, a three-star walk-on um, who you thought maybe could contribute and, and things like that. Um, oh, well, my but, mistake. He's not with the program anymore, my mistake. But, um, yeah, I got, maybe I'm not looking at a uh, – I don't know. The roster I've got pulled up might not be the most current, but uh, yeah, he's regardless. not listed. Yeah, he's not listed on the on the roster that Matt Weaver on Peaks uh, gotcha. posted, but uh, that could have been in oversight as well on his part, or a rare oversight on his part. But um, let's move to wide receiver. Fine. Let's move to to wide receiver where uh, Indiana has some players to replace. Uh, most notably Wap Fillier, but you get Ty Freifogel back, you bring in DJ Matthews, um, who's a grad transfer out of Florida State. Um, you're adding Jordan Williams uh, early in the spring as well. Uh, you, you know, you get a, another year of Jacoby Hewitt coming back, recovering from a knee injury. Uh, Miles Marshall is back. Uh, Deshaun Brown, Gary Cooper has moved into that wide receiver room. Javon Swinton played well uh, in flashes last year. You get David Baker uh, back as well, who, who redshirted uh, and things like that. So there is talent at that wide receiver spot. The, the person I'm watching is DJ Matthews. He's been an electric punt returner uh, in, in that game, and he's the natural fit to fill in for WAP. Um, what can he show us in the spring that will – take that position to the next level uh, as good as WAP was and as reliable as he was um, you know, he, he kind of left with 
with a bad taste in his mouth, catching 22 passes for 80 something yards uh, in in the bowl game. So what do you want to see out of this wide receiver group that maybe was missing last year? I would love to see, and you touched on it there with that final stat line for WAP, which this is not necessarily an indictment of WAP failure. It's more uh, just the the reliance that the the game plans ended up putting on WAP failure. Uh, I want to see targets spread around more evenly. Um, I want to see some other players get shots at making impacts uh, as opposed to throwing, you know, 10 to 15 bubble screens per game to WAP failure. Uh, I think that you need to get more explosive plays out of guys that are not named Ty Freifogel. He was the rare exception, the rare guy that was going to go downfield uh, consistently and make plays for you down the field. Um, I think that there's a lot of talent in this group, not even counting the addition uh, of a DJ Williams or a DJ Matthews, who, you know, we need to see. He has not been asked to play the role uh, that he's going to be playing, we think, at Indiana. So we need to see, is he up for that? Um, what role is David Ellis going to play in the passing game? Uh, but I, I think the, the guys that immediately jump off the page to me as players that can take a big step forward are Javon Swinton, who I was very impressed with in his limited action last year. Uh, I think he could turn into a real star for the Hoosiers. Uh, and then I, I think, um, you know, both Jacoby Hewitt and Miles Marshall, uh, well, they're fans that if you watch the games, you're certainly familiar with them. I think they're ready for bigger roles as well. So um, for me, the biggest thing is you've got a good deep position group. Let's utilize it as opposed to sinking 10, 15, 20 targets uh, into one player. And again, not an indictment of Watt failure. That's what the offense felt was best. I think there's a better way to utilize this position group and the talent they have in it. Yeah. And it's, you've got a very veteran group uh, with, with two grad, you know, try Ty Fry Fogel's a grad exempt. So you have two guys who are fifth year seniors or sixth year seniors, however you want to do it. You have two fourth year juniors. um, And then Deshaun Brown, who's also a a third year sophomore uh, and things like that. So, it's a pretty well-balanced class. And then you're bringing in three four-star freshmen uh, or two four-star freshmen, Jordan Williams, who I thought should be a four-star. He might be the best wide receiver in this class coming in. Um, and he'll be in, in the spring to kind of ease into a role uh, where you could mix those guys in, especially with, um, with playing a full non-conference schedule. You could mix those guys in and during the season. But I would like to see David Baker – uh, play a little bit more this spring, and I'd like to see the impact Jordan Williams will have on this team. Um, let's switch over, switch gears, switch the defense uh, quickly, TJ. But first, we have some um, words from our, our friends over at eBay Sneakers and Bet Online. Uh, from rare dead stock to the latest release, uh, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay as the original sneaker maker marketplace or 
marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair uh, you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers with your purchase um, before they're sent to you. So you could shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated um, selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money for more sneakers. Uh, check out ebay.com sneakers today. Um, in partnership with eBay, Armchair Media is also raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st uh, through ebay.com sneakers will enter you into a drawing for one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send the screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Bet online, uh, fo- uh, football might be over, but the NBA and college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV as well, with real time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your sportsbook experts. Switching over the defense, we do have a new man in charge on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you mentioned him before, TJ. It's Carlton Warren, um, who's coming in after being the DB coach over at Georgia. Um, I thought this is a very good hire. Uh, we'll see how the dynamic between Tom Allen and Warren uh, works in terms of calling plays. Uh, Allen might be more involved than he was in 2020. It might go back to where it was when King Womack first took over the defensive coordinator position, uh, where it's kind of a, um, you know, trial by fire a little bit, but a slowing of the handing over the reins, uh, and things like that. It is a complex defense to run. Um, and there's no doubt that Warren has the abilities to run it. It's whether or not um, he's, call, you know, people are comfortable with him calling the defense and things like that and how much of a learning curve uh, he'll have. Uh, but outside of the coaching, the thing I'm looking at uh, on defense is the defensive line. Um it's a position where Indiana needed to upgrade. Uh, there, there are a lot of losses. Um, you lose Jerome Johnson, Javon Swan, um, and some others off of that defensive line. It's uh, it, it, there's going to be holes to fill, especially with Johnson and Swan. Um, so you're, I'm going to be looking for some of these young guys to to step up and and fill in, uh, especially the Marjane Lewis. Uh, CO had a, a solid year last year as well. Uh, but then you also want to take a look at Ryder Anderson, um, the defensive end who came in from Ole Miss shortly after the bowl game uh, and guys like that. What is your take on the defensive line? Yeah, Jerome Johnson's first, you know, he's certainly the, the, the two Johnsons, Jerome and then Jamar in the secondary are the two biggest uh, things for this defense to figure out is how do you replace those guys, uh, you know, to stand out certainly, and it's going to be tough to do. Uh, I think the easiest solution would be that CO steps up and continues his progression 
and Demarche Lewis, you know, begins to fulfill the uh, the promise he showed as a recruit. Um, now, that's not to say at all that he hasn't done it yet. He just hasn't had a chance yet. So, uh, hope that he is able to grow into this role uh, pretty quickly, and that he can step up. I think Demarcus Elliott uh, is going to be a veteran presence for the Hoosiers on the inside. And then Ryder Anderson, uh, you know, transfer from Ole Miss. You're looking for, you know, some difference-making pass rushers. And, you know, these are guys that aren't going to need to do it every down. They are just – you're going to need those, you know, one, two, three plays every game where they have a difference-making pressure or a difference-making sack or a forced fumble on the quarterback. Uh, and Ryder Anderson is a player you hope can provide that for you a few times in the coming season. Uh, he had uh, a couple of sacks with Ole Miss. And, um, you know, certainly looks physically like a type of player, just remembering him from that bowl game, uh, that's going to be quite useful for the Hoosiers on the defensive line. So um, it's a group that I think has, you know, a lot of bodies that you really like. But, you know, some of them are going to have to step into roles they haven't had before. Uh, it is going to be on Coach Peoples to, to get them – playing at a level that uh, that is commensurate with where they were last year. Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some pieces there that, that you think fit naturally. Uh, you also lost Jalen Mayala and Trey Maurice to the transfer portal. Uh, so that might not all be there, but, it's you've you've got some pieces and the guy that I the two guys that I'm looking uh for to to do something um Antoine Whitner he's been on the roster he's a guy who's been buried you know he I think he gray shirted one year um but he's a guy that everybody when he signed uh said he could be an impact player we're waiting for him to break out and I think Demarcus Elliott um who's had a a stellar career with IU so far um, he can be that guy to step up with CO and, and take care of those defensive tackles uh, as well as uh, CJ person. Um, those young guys are going to have to mature a little quicker than, than, uh, than you would like. Uh, and then I need to see Bo Robbins do something as well. He was a, a four-star defensive end coming out of Carmel. Um, and he's a guy who, you know, if he plays to his potential, could be a game changer as well. Uh, let's move back to the linebacker position. I, had, you know, I think I use pretty solid here with Cam Jones and Micah McFadden um, coming back. Uh, you also have Aaron Casey. Uh, I don't think Thomas Allen's going to take part in spring, but maybe he's back by the season. You have DK Bonham, who came on. Uh, late last year as well. Cameron Williams, who is a four-star recruit out of Merrillville. Um, you know, so there's a depth. You have Ty Wise. There's, yeah, you have a lot of depth there. Um, and maybe you see some some guys moving around uh, in that defense like we did uh, last season with Bonham and Aaron Casey uh, and things like that. So, you know, how good can this linebacker core be? I think it's, Terrific at the top. I mean, Cam Jones and Micah McFadden are uh, both incredibly high-level linebackers. I mean, Micah McFadden is an All-American for a reason. 
uh, one of my favorite Indiana players to watch because constant pursuit of the football, uh, a tackling machine. I really think he is underappreciated for uh, generally by the fan base as far as, you know, how big of a, of an kind of an overachiever he has been given what he came in as, as a recruit uh, and how much he has worked to make himself into the player he is today uh, is a complete bedrock of this defense. Um, Aaron Casey, I think is, is really coming on. He showed a lot. Uh, you know, one guy we haven't mentioned is James Miller, who, you know, I, I think is a, a very good piece as a depth option. Um, certainly athletically very gifted. You know, the, the, the two players that you're interested to see what they can do. I mean, you know what those frontline guys are. You know what they are at this point. You don't need to see anything from them this spring. So for me, it's about Cameron Williams and about Ty Wise. You know, Cameron Williams and Wise, both younger guys, very limited experience, if any, uh, on, the, on the field. So you know, which one of them, if either of them, can step up and challenge for the two deep? Uh, those starting positions aren't up for grabs. So which one can, can challenge for the two deep and carve a rollout for themselves uh, in 2021? Because assuming the starting guys stay healthy, uh, those positions are not going to be available to them. So you've got to find your way, whether that's on special teams, whether that's in certain situations, uh, you know, in certain packages of the defense. Uh, you know, can one of those players or both of them carve out a role for themselves uh, by playing well this spring? Yeah, and let's move back to the uh, defensive secondary. I This team is loaded in the secondary, TJ. You bring most of your guys back uh, in terms of um, production. You lost uh, Jamar Johnson, uh, who's a significant loss at safety yeah. to the NFL but you bring back Marcelino Ball and hopefully he's able to um, he's able to participate in, in spring ball as well. Um, and he's a guy who um, might be moved around as well. Uh, he's listed at Husky and we're going to include that Husky position in the defensive back. So you have Marcelino Ball uh, and Brian Fitzgerald there as well. Um, you know, also coming back is Raheem Lane. He could be a big piece of that secondary with, with Johnson being out. Uh, Jawan Burgess, uh, you could tell when Jawan Burgess was in the game, he was just a step slow in a lot of stuff um, compared to Jamar Johnson. So this is a time for him to improve. Um, Monster Matthews is back, you know, and then you have the, the three-headed monster in corner with Reese Taylor, Jalen Williams, and Tywin Mullen coming back. Um, you have Noah Pierre uh, is an upperclassman now. Josh Sanguinetti um, played some time on special teams and in the games, but you want to see Bryson Bonds take a next step. Chris Keys, Lem Watley-Neely, um, and some of these other freshmen that are going to be coming in uh, as early enrollees as well. Uh, so it, it's it's still a, a loaded position, and you you know what you got in a handful of them, and you want the guys behind them because you know you have some guys who are now going to become draft eligible you want the guys behind them to get some reps and get some uh meaningful playing time uh to to build up that depth uh how good can this secondary be and could it be as as good as it was last year 
uh, in terms of, of production. I, I think it absolutely can. I mean, you're, you look at the continued progression of Arise Taylor, who's only getting better, uh, continued progression of Taiwan Mullen, uh, who's already a you know, superstar. Um, you know, the only questions are going to be, where does Marcel Ball fit in? Does he fit in and how does he fit in? Uh, if he can be a positive asset for you uh, in a defined role, which I certainly think he can be if you find that right role, uh, that's a major plus that you didn't have a season ago. And I think you're also looking for that, that second safety to, to help out who's that can end up being. Uh, I think Bryson Bonds is certainly somebody that you would look at to potentially fill that role. And if, if he can, you know, progress and, and learn that position, um, then I think it can be every bit as good as it was a season ago. So what you're looking for in the spring, you're right, is the development of the players behind those stars at corner. Uh, I, I think, you know, obviously you're looking for that next safety uh, and you're looking for Marcelino Ball reintegrating himself into the squad. But I think it's the most important thing is that, that those second line of corners uh, – not just for this coming season, but for the future, getting them a lot of reps and seeing what you have in that group of guys. Recruiting-wise, you've recruited incredibly well at the position for several years back-to-back, so it's time to give those guys some reps and start to see what you have in them. Yeah, and that's what you have to do. And um, Going through the early enrollees, uh, you don't have anybody in the secondary. You have three offensive guys with Jordan Williams, Josh Sales, who's another guy who could push on that offensive line. Same with Vinny Faya uh, Cable, um, who can maybe uh, push some of these older guys on this uh, on the offensive line. And then James Evans at punter. And we'll get into special teams really quickly um, here before we close out. Uh, Hayden Whitehead had signed with an agent. He's no longer with the team. He had a fantastic year last year. Um, I kind of wish he was coming back to ease the transition to Evans uh, or Chase Wyatt, but you you have a a position battle at that punter position. Uh, Charles Campbell is back uh, at kicker, and so is Jared Smaller as as the kickoff specialist. Uh, I would assume that DJ Matthews is going to take over the uh, punt return duties uh, with Reese Taylor. Um, and maybe even get into the uh, kick return duties. Uh, it's a lot to ask him to do, uh, and you're putting him at risk, um, ask him to do both. But maybe you rotate. We, we saw uh, you rotate between uh, Reese Taylor and, and Jacoby Hewitt last year as well. Um, but maybe you rotate those three, and you have a couple speedsters at running back coming in in the fall. But that's what I'm looking at is you're set at long snapper, you're set at place kicker uh, for field goals and you're set at kickoff specialist. So it's, who's going to win the punting job. Uh, James, I, I assume James Evans um, is going to do that uh, coming in from Australia uh, on scholarship, but Chase Wyatt could give him a run for his money. And then who's going to take over the return duties because uh, as we saw, Reese Taylor did some good things in the punt return game, uh, but the kick return game was still a, a non-factor uh, in my opinion. And it really could start to flip some of these, some of these games, you know, you look at, you know, maybe Ohio state uh, in the, in the bowl game is your two losses, 
you know, a long kick return kick starts your offense and makes it just that much easier um, on your offense instead of having to drive the field 75 yards uh, or more every single time. Uh, what are you looking forward to on, on special teams, uh, TJ? Yeah, I think punters, the position battle to watch. Uh, I certainly do expect Matthews to step into the return position. You know, Reese Taylor did very well on punt return, but I think he's risen to the level of importance on the defense that you don't want to risk him being out there uh, for punt returns. Um, so I, I, for me, I think it makes a lot more sense to, to put Matthews out there. He is electric as a punt returner. So I think it makes sense to put him out there, give him a chance to make some things happen uh, with the ball in his hands and save Reese Taylor uh, for the defense. But uh, having Charles Campbell back uh, along with Jared Smoller, um, that's a terrific combination at kicker. Uh, and I, I think fans should be thrilled to have both of those guys back. There's a sense of confidence and security uh, when those two take the field. You know, Smoller is going to put you in good field position more times than not. Uh, and you feel good about Campbell either putting the extra point through or giving you three points on a field goal attempt, which is a, a major asset. Yeah, and he can kick it from deep. Basically, you just have to get to the 40, um, you know, maybe even uh, just inside the 40 and, and you're in range on a on a good day. Uh, so, you know, that that's an asset there. It takes a little bit of pressure off. Of course, you want to have touchdowns instead of field goals, but on those drives that, you know, maybe would have been punts in another year, uh, they turn into field goals. So uh, final thoughts on spring practice, TJ? Really looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's terrific to have any type of football uh, back, and, and especially when it's a program that, you know, right now is so much fun to cover and so much fun to follow. Uh, as Indiana football fans, we, we know it's not always like this. So I, I, I just, I think relishing – uh, having this to look forward to and having a season to look forward to that there's a ton of reason to be optimistic, I think is a, a great thing to have. So uh, looking forward to seeing how Tom Allen continues to push the Indiana football program uh, into the spotlight. And, you know, for those that haven't listened to it, after you check out our podcast, uh, there's a great interview uh, on the Andy Staples podcast with Tom Allen. Um, I mean, he's such a great ambassador for the program. And uh, the the more time he spends as the Indiana head coach, I think the better you feel about the immediate and long-term future of this program. Yeah, I, I agree. And and um, we'll get into our season previews later in the year. But it, sure. it's spring practice is coming up at the perfect time. Um, if you're looking at Indiana athletics as a whole um, – you know, with the men's basketball program, it's become a toxic environment. Um, and, you know, the, the women's team has been awesome. They're ranked, I, I think they're going to move into the top 10 uh, here after the big, big win against Ohio State uh, yesterday um, or in their last game. Uh, they're going to be a top four seed in the in the women's tournament, uh, whether or not they host that at, at Assembly Hall or whatever is I, I haven't seen, but they're doing amazing things with that program and, and things like that. And, you know, it, it's, it's a good time to have football swing back to distract from 
that mess that is uh, men's basketball, and that's what we're looking forward to. So, anyway, thanks for joining me, TJ, um, and have a great week. We'll be back updating you guys throughout spring practice. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right, that does it for today's uh, podcast. It's a longer one. Thanks for joining us. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Uh, you could find us on our website at HoosierHuddle.com as well. We'll have all our updates uh, as well as position previews, position battles, uh, and things like that. So uh, enjoy. The warm weather is coming. I'm waiting for second winter here in Indianapolis. Uh, but the sun is out. It's uh, pretty nice. And uh, soon we'll, we'll have college football back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? 
Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.